And then, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, this, uh, this story of the road to Emmaus is probably one of my favorite stories in, in Easter time. Of, of course, I, I love the truth of the resurrection. Um, I think the, just how real Good Friday always feels is really important. But I love this story. It's just, I don't know. There's just that one little bit about it that just makes it so human, I guess, is probably why I like it the most. Because you have these, these couple of guys who are, who are just on a road walking and talking, something that we might see even to this day. And as they're discussing the, the things that have been happening in the past day, which, I mean, of course makes sense, who wouldn't be talking about these events? But then Jesus shows up. And, and I always like to think Jesus as a, as a little bit of a, he likes to have a little bit of fun when he does sorts of things like this. And he kind of comes up to them, and, and they don't recognize Jesus. Now, we don't really know what's preventing them, right? Is it something like in, in the book of Acts, when Paul has scales on his eyes and he can't see? Is there something supernatural covering his face? Is it just a hood, right? What's preventing them from recognizing Jesus? Well, we don't really know, right? But Jesus walks up to these guys, and he coyly asks them, what are you talking about? And they're, they stop in their tracks and they're dumbfounded. Are you kidding me? How, how are you the only person in this whole area who has no idea what's been happening? Oh my gosh. Well, let's, let me tell you about this Jesus guy. He, he showed up and, and he's been doing all of these wonderful things. We think of him as a prophet. No one teaches like he does, but then also that he's, we can tell he's from God because he's doing all these healings and he's, he's doing all these amazing things, but then our chief priests, our rulers, they, they kill him. They, they convict him as a criminal, which he never was, and then they send him to be executed on a cross and then he dies. You know, we had hoped in this guy that he would be the one that we've been waiting for, the Messiah. We, we wanted him to be this one, but well, now he's dead. So that's not going to happen. But then it just keeps getting weirder from there. Because now we start hearing from other people that he's actually alive. He's actually risen from the grave. We have, we have some, uh, some friends of ours, some, some ladies who went to go visit him at his tomb, and they, they don't, the, the tomb was empty right? His body was not there. And then they say that they saw an angel who told them that he was risen, and we're hearing from other people that he is risen. It, we don't know what to think anymore. As Jesus is, is masked, still walking with these men, he kind of frustratingly begins to explain to them everything that was happening. How, are, how have you not caught on to this yet? Jesus basically says to this. How did you not know that this had to happen. And so we, what we read in our lesson from Luke is that he opens to them the scripture, starting with Moses, and then going on forward through history, revealing how these things had to happen to him. And so he starts with Moses. When Moses takes the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of captivity, and leads them to God's holy mountain. And at God's mountain, they become a new nation 
a nation unlike any other nation. They have all these laws and, and rules that they're supposed to follow, but they're to hold them to a higher standard. The people gladly say, yeah, we'll do this. But the uh, problem is, is that these people are rebellious and, and broken. And these rebellious and broken people, while they say they're going to follow these things, they, they actually don't. And God, God's heart is continually broken by these people. But yet, does he abandon them? Well, realistically, he should have, shouldn't he? He should have abandoned these rebellious people who can't even keep the, the simplest part of the deal to be his people, but he doesn't. God doesn't abandon them. He sticks with them through the rebellion, remaining steadfast and full of love. Even though he is continually hurt by these people. But even when these people are at their worst, God is continually telling them of someone who would come. Someone who would fix all of this, who would make all things new, who would suffer, who would die, and who would rise. And that was the Messiah, Jesus. Now, as, as they continue walking, again, I, I just, I love how, how it's even written. We read in verse 28, Jesus acted as if he was going to go further. But they urge him to come in and stay with them. Look, the day's almost done. It's almost sundown. Just come in and, and stay with us for the night. They want to keep talking with this Jesus because of the way that he is revealing things to them. And he agrees. And he sits down with them, takes some bread, blesses it, and breaks it. And immediately they recognize Jesus. Right? Did his hood fall off? Did the scales fall from their eyes? Did the supernatural veil get lifted? We don't know. But they finally see that it's Jesus, and as soon as they recognize him, he's gone. Right? Did he get up from his chair and bolt? Or did he just disappear into thin air? That's not what we focus on. What we focus on is that these men know that it's Jesus. Their hearts burned within them when Jesus himself revealed the scriptures to them. They know that this is the risen Lord, and they immediately run to Jerusalem. Now, what did they just say to Jesus? The day's almost done, right? Just go, 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 you know, rest with us, and let's, we'll, we'll continue our journey tomorrow. But yet, at recognizing that this is the risen Lord, they bolt. They go right to Jerusalem to tell all of the disciples. And then as soon as they find the disciples, they're the ones who are told that the Lord has risen, and then they back up what they have heard and say, he's risen to us too. I just, I love this story. I love how, how God is interacting with his creation. I like how he's being kind of coy with it too. I love this, this image I have of, of Christ walking on the road, explaining the scriptures to people. But I also love how God is made known. God is not made known to them, interestingly enough, as he's revealing the scriptures, but in the breaking of bread. It, it's, just, it's just a fascinating story, and I'll kind of go into it some more. What I want you to see, though, is that this, it, these are the first few steps that Jesus takes after he has risen from the grave. He appears to some key people. 
But what I want us to especially reflect on today is how this journey has continued, how God is continued to be made known. As Paul talks about it in his letters, there is one point in time when we were strangers, and there is a now where we are not just strangers, not just guests in the home, but are in fact adopted sons and daughters of God. We are deeply and intimately connected with one another. That's how worship can continue even in isolation. The body of Christ is still very present in this world in every spot where God is being praised. So then the question then leads us to ask, okay, so how did this all begin? How does this happen? How do we take our first steps on this journey of resurrection? So often when I think about this and when I work through my own life and my own Christian growth, so often I expect it to be instant. But it's not, is it? It really is a journey, right? It's, it's not like there's one second when you aren't and one second when you are. It's this, it's this journey that we're taking, this, this road that we too walk. Because we start off just like these men on the road. We start off with, with rumors, stories, ideas. These are the things that we have heard. But then the scriptures are revealed to us. God's word is open to us, and we learn more about him. And then God is fully revealed to us in many, many ways. But God is revealed to us in the very simple things of life, some, some water in a baptismal font, some bread and wine in communion, some words from a broken, sinful man just like you. But God is made known through these very simple ways. And what's so beautiful and cool about this is that we don't stop. We're not finished on the journey. We continue in a new life of of grace and of peace where we continue on this journey of the resurrection, actually getting invited alongside of Jesus and in some places taking the place of Jesus, not replacing him, but he allows us to be the one who walks with others who reveals the scriptures to others, who reveals God to others in the very simple things of life. But what I want you to understand is that as you've been called to this this journey, you've got to walk, and that it happens in the very normal things of life. Turning back to the scriptures, how do we see God interact with his creation? It's in really normal ways, right? Of course, there's a couple of times, right? There's the transfiguration where Jesus shines in all of his glory. There's the time when when Moses gets to be with God in the tabernacle and Moses leaves with his face shining, right? There's a couple of times where we see these unreal things happen, but primarily God interacts through humble ways. Think about the fullness of Jesus, He is 100% God and 100% human. The fullness of the deity dwelling as a human. This is who our God is, that he was there moving, interacting, helping with creation, but yet we read in Matthew chapter 8 that he's homeless. He's able to bring healing. I have this picture of, of Jesus healing the blind man. 
This is one of my favorite stories illustrating how Jesus works because Jesus spits into the dirt, makes mud, and puts it on the man's face. These are all very earthly things, aren't they? This is how our God works. When we walk with these men and Jesus on the road to Emmaus, what do we see about this is that Jesus is revealed in the breaking of bread. When they are just sitting with God, that's when they, they finally see Jesus. But that's also when, as the scriptures were revealed, everything starts to connect. Notice how our hearts burned within us when he spoke to us. But notice what happens when they break bread with Jesus. They see God. In our journeys on this road of resurrection, God is truly revealed as we dwell with others. You have probably heard me say this before. You've probably heard it in a bunch of other places. Martin Luther described us as little Christs that we represent our God to the world. In fact, this is one of the explanations for, for how we keep God's name holy is by how we live, we keep God's name holy. But what I want you to think about is, is how we actually make God known to people. Because if, if we go out into the roads of Faribault, let's say you, you get out your ladder, you get up on top of your roof, and you start shouting from your roof, literally doing this, you're shouting from the roof about the glory of Christ. You're either going to get other Christians who say amen, or non-Christians who think you're nuts. But yet the truth of God is truly revealed when we physically dwell with people. When we enter into that relationship with one another and intimately involve ourselves in each other's lives, walking with them, this is when the glory of God is revealed. When we physically proclaim the grace and peace of God who took our place in death, God is revealed. But just shouting it, just thumping our, our hands on the Bible saying this is the truth, many will just simply ignore us. When we sit and we dwell and we, we live with people, we then build a relationship with them where they will trust us to actually hear the word, to actually know that what we trust is not something false, but something very powerful and true. And yet, as we continue in isolation, how can we possibly continue this walk? How do we walk on the road of resurrection when it's, it's challenging to impossible to connect with others? Well, and this time is a great time for us to grow in our knowledge of the Scriptures. Because while Jesus walks with these men on the road to Emmaus, while he breaks bread with them, is revealed to them in the very earthly things of life, he still pointed them to the Scriptures. While God is made known most fully through Jesus Christ, we know Jesus through the Scriptures. And to expect us to be able to walk on this journey and to do all these amazing things without knowing God's word is foolish. Oh, foolish ones, 
and slow of heart to believe what all the prophets have spoken. Without getting a firm, beautiful grasp on these words of God, walking on the road is going to continue to be a challenge. But yet, it's not just knowing God's word, though. Because there are those places where we need to connect with people. Because we need to make this scripture relevant to people. How is this journey of the people of Israel, how is this resurrection, how, how, is this, how are these many letters of Paul and, and of Peter, how is the revelation of St. John, how are all these things relevant to somebody who works at Faribault Foods? This is our job as people who continue to walk on this road of resurrection. Having knowledge and command of Scripture from diligent study will help you connect this amazing word to the people of this amazing world. You have to know the word to be able to, to preach the word. And in order to preach the word, you have to know the world. See, these things go hand in hand. Because while we might be in, in isolation, there are still many opportunities. As we will lift up people in prayer soon, there are people dealing with death. How can you reach out to them? What methods of technology can you use to connect to them to proclaim the resurrection and give them hope at the death of their loved one? People might be in isolation, but people are worried about finances. Thankfully in Faribault, I haven't heard of too many people being laid off, but it's still a reality. How can you reach out to someone Bring them to trust in God's care, but also be there to be God's care for these people. All of this happens as we walk on this journey of the resurrection, as we walk on this path of the resurrection. We don't just go to Easter and stop. It is a daily thing. Lent is one of the hardest seasons for me because we can't talk about the resurrection. If we look on to books like uh, 1 Corinthians, we see that everything depends on the resurrection, and without it, everything is pointless. But that doesn't mean that we stop. The resurrection for us is our starting point to new life, where we continue from that point, growing in God's word, growing in prayer, and growing with one another, reaching out to new people who maybe you've never reached out to before. Have you checked on your neighbors? Have you checked on people all around you? There are ways to do this, and God has blessed us with the technology to do it. So there's nothing more to say than to say what Christ said in Matthew 28. Go. Amen, brothers and sisters.